3: Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
5: We're on to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is celebrating with a huge odds boost for new customers. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 and get $280. 80 in free bets if your team wins. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code StraightFire and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code Straight Fire for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older and present in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call
1: 1-800-GAMBLER.
2: Look for your children's eyes and you will discover the true magic of a forest.
1: Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre.
5: What's up, Straight Fire fam? It's me, Jason McIntyre. Straight Fire for Monday, June 7th. Ah, Clippers fans, I know you're here. I know you can't wait. You can't wait to do a victory lap and grave dance. Oh, McIntyre was wrong. He owes Clipper Daryl. We'll get to the Clippers. Take a deep breath. It's Monday. Relax. Quick notes from the weekend before we get to the Clippers, who I can still call the paperclips. Um, Clippers Jazz, obviously, coming up. I told you guys I like the Hawks against the Sixers. What happened on Sunday? Trizzy Trey Young. Hawks win. Um, I like this Hawks team. I'm just spicy. They are going to win this series. Um, we will do the James Harden injury. Um, this is, you know, Steve Nash said his heart breaks for Harden with the hamstring. And when you say your heart breaks, it probably means Harden's going to be out at least three games or four games in this series. I cannot see your heart's not breaking because he has to miss game two, you know, after winning game one, um, we'll get, we'll get to Harden. I do quickly need to mention NFL news. Julio Jones is going to the Tennessee Titans. Now faithful listeners to this podcast. That's not really news to them because back on May 28th, your boy, that's me, said I had heard that the two teams in on Julio were the Tennessee Titans and the LA Rams. Everybody wanted to say, oh, what about the Patriots? All oh, Patriots. Julio Jones, according to what, Rap Sheet, um, Schefter, today's supposed to be the day that Julio gets dealt to the Titans. It sounded to me like. The news came out Sunday as like a last-ditch effort. Hey, everybody, it's us, Atlanta. We have our final offer from the Tennessee Titans. Can anybody top this? Can can we drive a bidding war? Can we get more people to get in on Julio Jones? And it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. So Julio expected to land with the Titans today. All right, now let's get to the NBA. And I think we have to start with the paperclips victorious in Game 7, and, and I know Rob G would love this because L.A. remains a Laker town, obviously. But the most fun thing about the Clippers was Sunday, they win the series. They win Game 7! Clippers! Clippers win Game 7 as they were favored to do. They were favored, I think, by 6.5. Big favorites at home as a higher seed. And everybody's so excited. A first-round series victory. The Lakers are done. The Clippers were alive. Everybody was so excited. And, you know, of course, like an idiot, I went on to Twitter and Instagram and all these people are coming after me. You were wrong. The Mavericks lost. Like, like, take a deep breath. Like, it's the first round. The Lakers are only out because of Anthony Davis. I, I, I can't repeat myself any further. You know, Anthony Davis and the Lakers up 2-1. He gets hurt. Series over. Okay? We'll get to James Harden in a sec because... You know, James Harden's done, and I, I'm i not feeling good about the Nets, but we'll get to that in a minute. So congratulations, Clipper Daryl, Clipper Nation. You guys are pumped up. You know, you needed those seven threes from Marcus Morris. You needed the Luke Kennard bomb show. My gosh, Luke Kennard, 11 points, $64 million. Uh, that's what they're paying that guy. That's his contract, and he pumped in 11, and he's like a hero. Okay? Let me just remind everybody. Marcus Morris made seven threes.
1: Can you count on that every game?
5: The the Mavericks themselves made ten threes. Marcus Morris and Luke Kennard made ten threes. This is not about the Clippers, guys. You can get excited all you want. we are going to the next round. By the way, Vegas has Utah favored in the series. The Mike Conley injury, I guess Vegas is not taking that too seriously. Uh, I personally was surprised that the Clippers were not favored. I mean, I, I... I thought they would be favorites here. I mean, you go on anywhere. You read any blog post, any columnist, uh, turn on a radio, and the Clippers are going to blast the Jazz. I-, I don't know how people can have watched that Clipper series and be, like, impressed, okay? If you want to be impressed by anything, it's Luka Doncic because Luka Doncic basically did what Michael Jordan did against the Celtics in 86 when he dropped 63 points in overtime. And Larry Bird said, that was God disguised as Michael Jordan. I mean, you look at what Jordan did in that series, and they got swept. He averaged 43 a game. Luka, for the series, for the series, Luka Doncic averaged. And this is, again, not just against anybody. This is against a top-10 defense in the Clippers with two of the best wing defenders in the NBA and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Luka averaged 35, 10, and 7. Ho-hum. He had 46-14-7 in Game 7. Basically, Luka Doncic carried the Mavs like he was carrying a corpse on his back. And why do I say corpse? Because, well, have you looked at the box score? Did you see how poor Tim Hardaway played? I know he was good in the series, and he probably made himself some money. Again, if you're going to pay Tim Hardaway 20 mil a year, you know I, and you expect him to be a 17 point a game guy and like do what he did in the series like i think you're buying a little bit too high you know the uh you know the business credo buy low sell high you're buying tim hardaway high the problem is if you want to dump christopher Warzingis, who was absolute horse manure in the series well now you're selling low and so the the the, the mavericks are in a massive predicament Porzingis, 0 for 5 from 3. Tim Hardaway, 1 for 9. So, (laughs) Lucas, two best running mates, 1 for 14 from 3. Two best running mates, 1 for 14. Meanwhile, Marcus Morris (laughs) and Luke Kennard, who aren't even top three players on the team. I would say, Rob, would you agree, Reggie Jackson's probably their third best player right now? Oh,
6: Right now, absolutely, yes.
5: Okay, so Reggie Jackson, third best player. Marcus Morris, your fourth best player. Basically did way more than Porzingis and Tim Hardaway in Game 7 when it matters the most. So Clippers, hey, get excited. That's fine. I get it. You know, you guys aren't used to winning. It's a losing franchise with a history of gagging away 3-1 leads. No? I mean, uh, no disrespect to Kawhi Leonard. He got outplayed by Luka. And Kawhi was phenomenal. Kawhi Leonard was awesome in the series. 10 for 15 in Game 7. 28, 10, and 9. I mean, listen. Kawhi, we know it. He's one of the best two-way players in the league. The same is true about Kawhi before this series as it was true after it. He's a really good two-way basketball player. Period. What are we trying to say? Like, he's still not a leader? He's not. It's not, I'm not bashing the guy. He had an awesome series, 32 points, shot 61%. I saw a stat, Rob, that only four players, I guess in the modern era, have averaged 30%, 30 points per game on 60% shooting in a seven game, or in like a series. It's like, And I don't have it in front of me. It was Shaq, Bernard King, and like two other guys. But Kawhi was amazing. Yeah, he was outstanding. Shot 43% from three. And if you spin it forward, this Utah situation, you know, uh, Royce (laughs) O'Neal, he's going to have his hands full. That's why I'm I'm puzzled. Why is Vegas making Utah the favorite? Well, you know, Rob and I watch a lot of hoops. We text about a lot of basketball. And I'm just going to ask you guys. Dallas, one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league, shot lights out for much of the series, absolutely pooped their pants in Game 7 with everything on the line. Now, the Utah Jazz will be playing at home in Games 1 and 2. They have home court advantage, and they are also a phenomenal three-point shooting team. Bogdanovich, you know, the Serbian plumber. Um, uh, Joe Ingles. And remember, Joe Ingles gave Paul George the business OKC Utah a, couple, a few years ago. And I remember this because my kid uh, was in this thing called Adventure Guides. It's basically like the YMCA. And we were camping. And, of course, I have to watch the game on my phone like a weirdo. And all I remember is, like, just being stunned at Joe Ingles was just working Paul George. And I'm just I, I'm just telling you, these guys aren't—Utah's not afraid of the Clippers. They're just not. I mean, Donovan Mitchell can score toe-to-toe. Uh, Jordan Clarkson, Rob, let's do the best players in the series. I'll go one, you go two. I think Kawhi Leonard's the best player in the series. You agree? Yes. Okay. Who is two?
6: Donovan Mitchell.
5: Okay. We agree. Good. I was a little concerned. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Three, four, and five. And take your time. Uh, No rush. But I'm going to go... The stifled Tower, Rudy Gobert is the third best player in the series. I would disagree. But you would go Paul George, yes. Okay, so then fine. You got Rudy four then. Yes. And Jordan Clarkson five.
6: I have Mike Conley five, but he's hurt, so I guess. Well, that's, actually, that's
5: you know what? I would I would put
6: Ingles even ahead of Clarkson. What? I like Joe Ingles a lot. I like his game. He's slow motion but effective.
5: Yeah he he didn't he didn't exactly tear it up against the Memphis Grizzlies. He was like not a great matchup, I guess, for them. Um, Ingalls had a good season. He was, you know, almost sixth man of the year with Clarkson, one, and Ingalls, I guess, presented it to him because they were like runner up. Um, but there's no doubt that the Jazz are deeper. And, and if you look at the minutes, the wear and tear on these Clippers, I mean, seven game series, Kawhi went over 40 minutes in six of the seven games. Six of seven. They, they, he's gonna be worn down. And now they gotta go oh, quick turnaround. Meanwhile, the Jazz have been resting. Hopefully it helped uh your guy Conley. Um because you know, you need him hundred percent, obviously. Uh I don't know that you can count on Reggie Jackson to deliver like he had. Um Patrick Beverly, obviously, uh total non factor. He I don't even think he played in game seven, did he? Like I don't Terrence think he did. Mann, Terrence Mann was better than uh, uh Pat Beverly. Pat Beverly stopped woofing. I guess he got the memo that bro. You're not that good. Like, just relax. <laughs> you're just not. Like, you can laugh and, and think you're a dog and, like, come in like a pit bull, but you're not. By the way, yeah, Joe Ingles um, averaged six points per game against Memphis. I, I don't totally know what happened in that series. Um, he just did He did not play well. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I would go Gobert, then Paul George. Uh, and then I, you know, I, I like Bogdanovich a lot, but I I would I think Jordan Clarkson will be a key factor in the series. Um, I, I guess part of it is because of the Terrence Man, um, uh, the emergence of Terrence Mann, who's a nice player. Uh, he's a young player. He's you know bypassed Luke Kennard in the rotation, bypassed Beverly. Um, I, I, I'm taking the Jazz in seven, um, somewhat reluctantly. Again, as you as you noted the Conley situation, but um, yeah, I was. More impressed with Luka Doncic in this series than I was with the Clippers needing to go seven and take down the mighty Dallas Mavericks, who were a one-man band. Um, Rob, I am curious, you know, what what do you do if you're the Mavericks? They're kind of like in a tough spot because Luka's on the rookie contract. Obviously, he's going to get a colossal extension, probably be the highest paid player in the league because he's been all NBA on his rookie deal. But like, what can you do with Porzingis? Is anybody taking him? He's totally damaged goods. He averaged thirteen points per game. Like, bro, uh, you're making thirty million a year. One of the craziest stats that I saw, and I posted this on my IG stories, was that, um, let's see, Kristaps uh, Porzingis averaged five and one three per game in the playoffs. Thirteen and five. He's getting paid more than Giannis. <laughs> Bradley Beal Drew Holiday Julius Randall Jamal Murray and Jalen Brown this season like I, I know you know Luca and Porzingis have like the connection because of the uh, European stuff but the reality is like I just I don't know how you can proceed with I mean you don't know that Porzingis is ever going to be healthy and it stinks because you know we used to call him a unicorn because um, you know this, this guy was super talented and 7 foot 1 or 2 or whatever he is um. And he's splashing threes, but he's never healthy. And now he's like spot up Kevin Love in the corner and, and make threes. Like that's his new role.
6: Yeah, I saw on uh, Twitter. I don't know exactly who tweeted out. I give him credit, but they said that um, Porzingis is nothing more than a seven foot three Kyle Kuzma. Oh! <gasps> and when he said that, at Ooh. first I was like, "Oh, that's that's wait, I this like, was on the telecast? No, this was on Twitter." oh and i saw it and and at first like oh that's blasphemous then you start watching the game a little bit more you're like you know what this guy's right like you get that third eye kind of starts opening up like oh my gosh and that's the problem with dallas is i feel like you can miss on a lot of mid-tier guys and still be okay like i think the josh richardson deal backfired in a big way i think you know going back to some other teams um I guess with the Lakers, you know, the, the Luol Dang mozgov deals. Those were both terrible deals, but because they were like 16, 17 million, you attach one asset and you move on. Or in this case, you stretch it. It's only 5 million a year. You can move on from that. Where you can't miss, though, is on max contract guys. Yeah. And unfortunately for Dallas, Chris Porzingis is getting 31 million next season, 33 to 36 as a player option, which you know he's going to pick up. Of course. And because of his albatross of a contract I'm really concerned that Dallas is going to get stuck in a Portland Trail Blazers type situation where Luca is obviously the best player you know on the team one of the best players in the entire league but because of a series of missteps by the front office he's limited his team is limited yeah. you know he, they don't have enough around him you, there There was a good stat put out by StatMuse on Twitter, that talked about how great Luka was in the series against the Clippers. But it's indicative as to what the, their problem is. First quarter of, a, of the series, shooting up 54%, 48% from three. Second quarter, 62%, 57% from three. Third quarter, 44%, 32% from three. So still solid. Yeah. But by the time he gets to the fourth quarter, he's been handling the ball so much, doing all of the heavy lifting yeah. because they have no one else around him to help. shooting, 28% from three. He just runs out of gas. It looked exactly like what we saw what happened with James Harden and the D'Antoni Rockets. And so Mm. I'm concerned that if they can't find a way to get off of that Porzingis deal without having to give up two, three first-round picks, that they might be capped out as like a second-round-and-out team because Luka can only carry so much.
5: Yeah, I... uh... I'm hopeful that Cuban can figure this out. They do have a bunch of analytics guys. I think they hired that the 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 gambler Harlebob or whatever his name is. I I don't personally know him. Uh, I don't follow him, but I, somebody told me like it was a smart hire by Cuban. Um, I'm trying to look at their draft history and you know where they really messed up was the 2017 draft. They took the kid Dennis Smith ninth overall. and um, it's so funny because that like right out of the gate. Um, I had heard that Carlisle and Smith were getting into it at practice and Smith was acting all entitled. And I mean, it just a bit of a nightmare. And this is why it was such a colossal screw up. Um, he went ninth. Um, Donovan Mitchell went 13th. Bam out of bio went 14th. John Collins, who I, I I mean, I don't think he's awesome, but he went 19th.
0: Uh, OGN. And- there are some things that are too good to keep a secret.
7: Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.
5: Toby, 23rd. Like, a lot. Your boy, Kyle Kuzma, 27. Like, I mean, Dennis Smith was out of there quickly. Like, him and Carlisle butted heads. Smith, all he wants to do is dunk. He's not, like, a basketball player. He's just an athlete. Um, and, like, on Instagram, he's super popular. Everybody loves him. In in reality, it's one of those, like, Instagram versus reality deals. I mean, he's just not – he's on, like, I think his third team, maybe fourth already. Um, and it's just – it's not clicking for him. It might in a few years. He, he might figure it out. You know, like, oh, I've got to do things besides dunk. Um, so, yeah, that that was a huge whiff because – Again, Luca's now got them where they're not in the lottery. And if you're not in the lottery, it's real tough to to get a hit. Um, Yeah, I I hope it's not a Dame situation. By the way, uh, we're not going to do anything on this Dame Lillard situation. Terry Stotts got fired by the Blazers. Um, And I guess what was kind of interesting was the next day or within a few hours, I have forgotten, Dame Lillard was like, yeah, I would love to have Jason Kidd as uh, my next head coach.
6: And he put his name like, on it, which was refreshing. Yeah. Like what are we doing? wasn't sources.
5: It was Dame Lillard says, I want Jason Kidd. And listen, I, I thought it was weird when the Bucks fired Jason Kidd and then Budenholzer comes in and they turn into a 60-win team. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, okay. Uh, all right. Uh, got it. Uh, okay. Um, anyways, let's move on. Congrats, Clippers. Clippers Jazz. I, I'm not going to render a pick because I don't know how bad the Conley thing is. We haven't heard if he's out. I do like the Jazz in seven, but it's tough to make the pick simply because of the injury, like the James Harden injury, which is the perfect segue. Look, we're all adults here, and I know some of us choose to use nicotine to relax, focus, or just unwind after a long day. Lucy is a modern oral nicotine company that makes nicotine gum, lozenges, and pouches for adults who are looking for the best, most responsible way to consume their nicotine. It's a new year. Why not start it out by switching to a new nicotine product that you can feel good about? If you enjoy using nicotine, you should definitely check out Lucy's products at lucy.co. That's lucy.co and use promo code FIRE at checkout. Also, I have to read this disclaimer. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Remember, if you are interested in a better way to use nicotine, visit lucy.co and be sure to use that promo code
4: FIRE.
1: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
5: Listen, folks, I like the Bucks uh, as my pick of the night. Um, I love Milwaukee tonight. It's one thing to lose Harden early and then pivot and be fine, but I just want you guys to remember how awful Milwaukee shot the basketball on Saturday. Okay? Are you ready for this? Rob Rob came up with this stat. I'm not trying to bogart his stats. Milwaukee 6 for 30 on threes. It was their second worst three-point shooting game of the season. Chris Middleton, who I bet on to score over 21 and a half points because I knew he would get the shots. They need to get him on track. This cannot be the Giannis show. Chris Middleton Soiled his underpants so badly, and then proceeded to not only do that, but vomit all over himself. I mean, six for twenty-three. He's just jacking shots. He's not even getting to the line. He's just missing everything. I, the optimist in me, and my wife was like the class optimist in high school, so some of it has rubbed off on me. Um, like I, I'm optimistic. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna figure this out. I like the Bucks in Game Two, and frankly, if Harden's out for like the entire series. I'm sorry, or even multiple games. I think the Bucks will pull this off. Um, now, I know is not a great defensive guy, but I, I don't think you real. I know Blake Griffin had an out-of-body experience, 18 and 14, which I think we called, right, Rob? Didn't we say there would be a Blake Griffin game yes. at some point in the playoffs? That was like a given. It's out of the way now. He's not going to do that again. I can confidently say Blake Griffin will not do that again. Joe Harris is good. You got to guard him. I mean, he's, he made five threes. You know, the Bucks made six threes. Joe Harris made five. Where was Bryn Forbes, huh? Mr. First Round, Mr. 20 point game, uh, two for eight, five points. Um, I guess the final note is everybody would say, well, this guy Mike James came off the bench and there's no way he's going to do that again. I just want to stop you guys for a sec. Unfortunately, I do a lot of Instagram. And I've been seeing stuff on this guy, Mike James, for a couple of years. He is an awesome, awesome basketball player. He has been torching European leagues with all these crazy moves. And you're like, man, how is this guy not in the league? And then, you know, you realize, oh, he's like uh, maybe six foot one. Right. Um, but I'm telling you, man, he's like an n one mixtape guy, like under control. If that, if that, I don't know, is that even possible? Um, he had four points in the first round against Boston. He had 12 in game one. I mean, he was awesome. I, this guy, Mike James, is really good. You've got to account for him. And the problem is, uh, uh, you know, the injury to DiVincenzo really puts pressure on the Bucks bench because let's be real, guys. This Milwaukee bench ain't great. I know people want to hype up Bobby Portis. Isn't he best known for punching out a teammate in Chicago?
6: That is correct.
5: Yes. That's, that's one of my I favorite thought, okay.
6: stories of all time.
5: Yeah, I forget. who was it. Can you remind me? I forget.
6: I forget too, but I do okay. remember right. that it was the thing, and yeah, it was, cool. it
5: was, it was, it was awesome. So their bench can. Cons- I mean, because of Divincenzo's injury, Jeff Teague, who I believe was out of the league earlier this year. They dusted off the corpse of Jeff Teague and propped him up for uh, 14 minutes. Like, he was in Boston, and they were instantly like, oh, my gosh, can we get a refund on this? Like, this is not working. Uh, <laughs> I like Pat Connaughton, but they played Giannis's brother for four minutes. I mean, he doesn't ever play, does he? No, very rarely. Well, I mean, that that's their level of desperation. Um, you know, I do like the kid Sam Merrill on their bench from Utah State. Like, he was an awesome college player. Um Obviously, like, you know, I know him because I'm a college basketball nerd, but I don't think you can play him in an NBA playoff series. Like this guy, Mike James, has real world international experience. He he's a baller, man. That guy can play. That being said, give me the Bucks tonight. Rob, do you think Nets can still win the series? You know what? Um I don't know, man. Wait, I mean, wait, wait. I, let I, me change that. Not not can they. We know they can win the series. Will the Bucs win the series?
6: Okay. Well that's uh, that's what I was answering. I'm not sure. And it's because Steve Nash, you know, you mentioned how he said, you know, I'm heartbroken for James Harden, which implies this is a serious injury. He's not going to be back anytime soon. I'm guessing that he may have got a note from PR or somebody because the next day they asked him about it. And he says, I think we'll see him in the series, hopefully game three, but who knows? And when I read that headline or or that quote, I was legitimately nervous for Brooklyn Nets fans. Because I, feel bad for Harden. I saw and you saw and the world saw what happened to Anthony Davis when the Lakers said, we got to have this one. We need you. We need I know you're only 60 percent. We're going to put you out there and, and and let you give it a go. And you've said, I think now for months, maybe even when the trade went down, like once you saw they were a pretty good team, that James Harden is the engine to that roster. He He's the guy who makes it all go. He's what makes them the Nets. Other than just Kyrie and, and and KD being two stars, it's like they're not the Nets without James Harden playing point guard. And if they try to rush him back, yeah, they, they won't. I don't think. They then I, I'm not confident he'll be able to not just plant finish out this series, but the rest of the postseason cause if they go any further. So, I think that they will err on the side of caution and hold him out until he's right. But the problem is, I don't know if they can beat Milwaukee without James Harden. Like, Kyrie Irving, for all of his strengths as a player, he had, I think, 26 shot attempts and 8 assists in a game where they scored 115 points.
5: Yeah, I bet his over 3.5 assists, and I think heading into the 4th, he had 3 assists. (laughs) So, like, in maybe quasi-garbage time, he stacked up on the assists. Uh, Did only have 1 turnover. Um, but yeah, I'm largely with you. Uh, I feel I do feel bad for Harden, and it's weird because I actually like Harden more. This is gonna sound crazy because of how he forced his way out of Houston. He needed to do that. He looks like a bad guy, but it was the right thing to do. Like sometimes you've got to do the right thing, even if it's gonna make you look like a jerk. And I I think Harden comes off uh, a huge win. Huge. Um, I don't. Do you want to do a minute on the Suns Nuggets or is that like the least interesting game in the second series in the second round uh, I would agree with the second part that
6: you said <laughs> um, and, and, and it's unfortunate because I think that Phoenix with the Lakers out is the best team in the West um, and, it was, and it's the, the story of this whole postseason and it's unfortunate is is how is Chris Paul shoulder going to hold up like we talked about it off the air Teams that are in the postseason that are still remaining are without a key starter or a limited key starter. You know, Joel Embiid, Chris Paul, uh, Jamal Murray had never showed up, James Harden. And it's like, whoever is the healthiest, it feels like, is going to be the one who ends up hosting the trophy.
5: Yeah, it's it's almost, uh, it's funny, in the bubble, it was supposed to be a war of attrition, right? Like, who can withstand? Who's mentally strong enough? And this year, it's simply a battle of health. If you're healthy, there's a good chance you can win. Now, I'm not going to go overboard and say the Atlanta Hawks are the only team that's really healthy. The Clippers actually are the other team that doesn't have a starter who's injured right now. Uh, obviously, the Sixers it, have Embiid. He did not look like 100% Sunday. The Nets have Harden. The Jazz, Mike Conley's hammy. The Nuggets have uh, Jamal Murray and Will Barton, although I don't know if Barton is eligible to come back this series, but he ain't no Jamal Murray. Um, Bucks with DiVincenzo and the Suns with the Chris Paul shoulder thing. Um, So yeah, it's tough for me to come in and say, Suns are going to win the series because if Chris Paul goes down, I don't know. You you could argue if Chris Paul goes down, the Nuggets have three of the four best players in the series, right? Devin Booker for the Suns, but Jokic, Porter, and Gordon. And by the way, I'm just going to put this out there. Don't be surprised when Aaron Gordon starts off on Darren, Devin Booker tonight. Because if you watch the series closely, Aaron Gordon was guarding Dame Lillard a lot. And Lillard still got his. But Gordon was an interesting matchup. Um, he's a good defender, man. He's very long. Uh, D-book, you know, they love to curl off the screens. The Suns' offense is kind of predictable. Um, I am curious how Ayton goes at, at it with Jokic. I, it's weird, like... Uh, some if you put into YouTube Aiton versus Jokic, somebody took one of their matchups and just cut up every head-to-head matchup they had in the game, and Aiton did pretty well. Now it's it is regular season, so who knows? But I, I think Aiton can hold his own. I kind of uh, assuming health is accurate, everybody's fine. I like the Suns in five. I, I think they roll kind of handily. Probably an overreaction to the, you know beating the Lakers without AD. Because remember, the Suns were down two-one and they were toast. Um, so I'll go Suns in five. I'm keeping my Hawks in six pick. Um, I'm gonna go jazz in did I say jazz? I think jazz in seven, and I'm gonna go Bucks now with the Harden injury. I'll go Bucks in six. Um hey, do you want to counter any of those or do you just agree uh, with no, all I of them?
6: No, I think I agree with who you have winning. Actually, I, I do have Philly still beating Atlanta. Um I think that uh Doc Rivers made a monumental mistake by saying, "Let me not put Thibodeau or Simmons on Trey Young, and let's just put Danny Green, who runs like he has you know a, a backpack and roller skates on. Like he, <laughs> he he looks so uncomfortable out there. So I think you'll see an adjustment there in Game Two. Um, but I, I for the most part agree with your picks on who's going to win each series. I do have Phoenix in six, so I think that uh I think Jokic is going to eat up Aiden in this series." Hmm. And, and he is the only legitimate center that they have on that roster. I don't, I don't count Kaminsky or Saric as guys who can, who can go toe-to-toe with him. So I expect Jokic to do just like he did to Nurkic is get Aiton in foul trouble early and, and and force them to play five out and hope that, that happens. But Jokic is going to be averaging like 32, 12, and 9 in this series. It's going to be something ridiculous.
2: Yeah, it's pretty insane. Look through your children's eyes to see the true magic of a forest. It's a storybook world for them. You look and see a tree. They see the wrinkled face of a wizard with arms outstretched to the sky. They see treasure in pebbles. They see a windy path that could lead to adventure. And they see you, their fearless guide through this fascinating world.
1: Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
5: I do want to wrap up the podcast because with one, um, with one note. We had Damon Jones on last week, and he was steadfast that Ty Lue is a great coach. And I was like, we don't really know. We just don't. I'm sorry. He's barely been a head coach, and he's had LeBron, and now has Kawhi Leonard. And I did get a detection that oh, Ty Lue. This is a pretty impressive stat. I was not aware of this. Ty Lue is now four and O in Game Sevens as a head coach. Now, what are we to make of that, Rob? Four and and0 in Game Sevens. Like on the surface, hey man, that's a big game, and you're winning. I just have problems when three of them came with LeBron, okay? He beat the Pacers, he beat the Celtics, Pacers at home, Celtics on the road, Warriors uh, on the road, and now Kawhi beats um, Dallas at home. So it's just, I- I'm sorry. I know people want me to just capitulate and say, give Ty Lewis props, man. He's a great coach. Like, I don't know, Rob. It, and again, I get it. The fans will say that. Ty Liu has had two of the 20, I don't know. I, I don't want to keep too much praise on Kawhi, but he's been, what, a two-time finals MVP? Yeah, I mean, Kawhi's uh, pretty Defensive good, player of the year? He's, he's pretty like, good. Like, pretty I good am, player. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Is Kawhi a top 25 player all time? I, I don't know. It's uh, tough. He, he might million, be. Million. He might
6: be. I have to really dive into it. But, is, I mean, yeah, it, we, he's, we good. Have, have he's really good.
5: Much. We'll just say that. Right. He's won titles with two different teams, and they could win a title this year. And, like, how are we to judge? This is a really difficult question. It's like a nuanced answer that people are not going to like. But, like, it's okay to say, I don't know how to accurately judge Ty Lue. While at the same time saying, well, no. Ty Lue doesn't have to coach the Orlando Magic for five years for me to find out if he's good or not. And then if he can get to the playoffs, oh, wow, Ty Lue really good. The reality is, and we talked about this, you need stars to win in the league. So, Ty Lue has now had stars, LeBron. Kawhi, and he's won four game sevens. Like, he's doing what he's supposed to do. And is that unfair that, well, wait, so he's doing what he's supposed to do, and you don't want to give him his props. Like, how does Tai Lu win? And I guess that's where I get a little bit stuck. Yeah,
6: I mean, that's fair. I mean, you talked about with Damon Jones. It, it's it's almost impossible to have that conversation because, like you said, guys need good players. He brought up Steve Kerr in the interview. Steve Kerr, when his big three was hurt, had the worst team in the NBA. So that goes to show you. But I will give time. Lu- oh,
5: wait, wait, wait. Interesting you brought up Kerr. And I don't remember if I pushed him on this. I'd have to go back and listen. Steve Kerr inherited a team that was pretty darn good but could not get over the hump. So Steve Kerr goes there, makes a little bit of a Draymond Green tweak, and they make the jump to light speed, and they're unstoppable, and they win, I think, 67 in a title and 73 and lose in Game 7. So... He took a good team and made it great, historically great. Right? That's that's factual. Yes. Like that's different than just going and coaching with LeBron and Kawhi. I think. I mean, you watched the fourth quarter of Game Six, uh, and I, you know, I think third quarter Kawhi was pretty awesome in Game Seven, but Game Six, fourth quarter, it was basically Kawhi at the top ISO one on one. Like there was no there was no plays being run, guys. There were there was no awesome strategy. Like. Luka Doncic wore down in the fourth quarter. Kawhi Leonard went one-on-one with Dorian Finney-Smith or Tim Hardaway and just ate him up. And he couldn't miss. Like He's done that before. And that's why it's challenging. It's okay to say, like, I'm not saying he's not a good coach. I'm not saying he's crap. I'm just saying I don't think anybody can accurately say what he is.
6: Yeah, I mean, but I'll give him credit for this in, in this uh, last series against Dallas. I believe in games one and two that uh, Rondo and Pat Bev both played big minutes, and they lost both of those games. By game seven, Pat Bev didn't play. I think Rondo played very limited minutes, and he gave those minutes instead to Terrence Mann and Luke Kennard, yep. and it paid off. Okay. so counter, and, being I'm, not, and I'm not being able back, to push yes. the right buttons. I believe makes you right. at worst a okay. good
5: coach. Got it. When you're down 0-2 and you lose the first two at home you absolutely have to do something. <laughs> okay. You can't trot out the same thing and bang your head into a wall for a, for a third straight game. So you have to do something. And listen, Kerr has credited, I think there was a video guy, I forget who, what his name is, but there was a video guy in Golden State who said, we need to do the death lineup, look at these numbers. And that's when they went with Draymond maybe it's my guy, Dante Jones saying, listen, we got to get T man out there, somebody on the, on the Clippers bench. And maybe, you know, Dante Jones, uh, would, would be willing to come on the podcast after the season. I don't know. We'll have to see, uh, you know, I've gone in on the Clippers kind of (laughs) hard. It may be a tough sell, but I just wanted to get that Ty Lue situation out there. I'll also add this. Um, like how do we judge Nate McMillan? I mean, you guys saw the Hawks first half of the season, with Lloyd Pierce injured, and they were a borderline top 10 seed, right? I mean, they're barely in there. Um, Nate McMillan comes in when they fire the guy, and all of a sudden, the Atlanta Hawks are in the Eastern Conference semis, and they're up one nothing with a great road win. And this is the same Nate McMillan. Do you want me to uh, tell you the last time you won a playoff series? 2005 Jesus. in <laughs> Seattle. Seattle. Nate McMillan in Indiana. Lost in the first round. 2020. 2019. Lost in the first round. 2018. First round. 2017. First round. Then he was in Portland before that. Lost in the first. Lost in the first. Lost in the first. Missed the playoffs. Seattle was the last time he got out of the first round. Like, I mean, there's a 15, 10, 15-year body of work that Nate McMillan is a good coach in the regular season, and then the playoffs come, and he's like, ooh, what am I doing? Or didn't have the talent. And so this is a very difficult there's no easy answer as, oh, this guy, good coach. I mean, yeah, you could say Phil Jackson, the greatest. Uh, the rings. Look at all of them. Okay. You know, yeah had Jordan. And then well, he didn't have Jordan because Jordan hadn't won anything until Phil Jackson showed up and said, You can't just score 35, 40 a game. We need to run an offense to get the other guys involved. scotty Pippen, you're gonna be the wingman. And Michael, we're gonna run the triangle and you're gonna pass more. And Michael Jordan goes from really great scorer, great two-way talent to holy cow, this guy is historically awesome thanks to Phil Jackson. Obviously Jordan had the talent, but Phil Jackson and it's under the Jordan uh fanboys are going to be like, "Oh, you're hating on Jordan." No, no. Th- these are facts. This is how what happened. This is what went down. Like Jordan had coaches including Doug Collins who we loved if you saw last dance, then he gets Phil Jackson. Institute some structure. Jordan's like, uh, I don't know. And then boom, it's like, oh, wow. Now, you could also say, interesting. Phil Jackson arrives at the end of the bad boys era. They had gone to the finals, I think, three years in a row and they were gassed. Might have been four. I don't I think it was three. And they were just, they were wiped and they had injuries that year. Bulls stomp them out 4 0. Celtics were done. Lakers were done. Magic, uh, you know, after, after the Bulls beat them. Um, in Magic's final year, Lakers were done. So, Celtics, Lakers, Pistons, the three uh, dominant teams from the 80s, who I think won every title except like one that the Sixers won, um, you know, all happened to run out of gas or players or injuries or whatever as Phil Jackson got to to, uh, Chicago. So like, you know, timing is everything, blah, blah, blah. Um, Just, it's just, it's a fun, and I could do these all day, you know? Um, I don't know, Rob. We should probably wrap it up here. Um, I don't know. What Ty Lue? Are we are we shortchanging him?
6: Uh, it's hard to tell. I mean, I'm not going to say he's a bad coach. He's I think his record has done well enough. And and you mentioned it exactly there that part of being a good coach is getting the most out of the talent that you have. And if you got good talent, it's turning him from a decent team to a great team, a great team into an extraordinary team. And well, time will tell what happens with these Clippers. But um. We'll see.
0: Yeah.
5: All right, guys. We will talk to you manana.